0: It's a critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. Today is Sunday, November 13th, 2011, and we have a great show lined up for you here today. We are going to be continuing with our solutions-based approaches toward reversing the direction and the tide that hum- humanity has been going along with for such a long time and attempting to come into the flow of creation to acquire knowledge about who we truly are and to ultimately get back to a place where we understand true freedom and live it in our day-to-day lives. So that's what this show is ultimately all about. As the song at the very beginning says, freedom is what this is all about And we need to understand the causal factors that got us here so that we can understand how to get out of this condition that we're currently in. Today, as part of our solutions-based approach, we are going to begin an introduction to the Trivium, the classical methodology for how to learn. That's what we're going to be discussing here on the show today, the Trivium. And we'll be getting into what the Trivium is how it works, and how we can employ it in our lives. Before I do that, I have a few event announcements I want to read for events coming up in the Philadelphia area. I have three of them to present today, and the first is the End the Fed Rally for Philadelphia. will be taking place Saturday, November nineteenth, two 2011, at 11 a.m. at the Federal Reserve Bank at Sixth and Arch Streets here in Philadelphia. The theme is Sound Money for America, it is the seventh End the Fed rally here in Philadelphia, Saturday, November 19th, 2011, 11 o'clock a.m., End the Fed right here in Philadelphia. They'll be starting at the Federal Reserve Bank and then marching down towards City Hall, and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, uh, public outreach and, and uh, leafleting going on to the public. So if you're in the Philly area, come on out to one of the biggest End the Fed rallies in the nation. For more information on that, you want to check out truthfreedomprosperity.org. Second announcement, Tesla and the Type 1 Roadshow. This is going to be a short presentation that I'll be giving with the Tesla Science Foundation on Sunday, November 20th at 1 p.m. at the Free Library of Philadelphia Main Branch, 1901 Vine Street, on the fourth floor the Skyline Room. I will be giving a short presentation about an event coming up at the end of 2012 called the Type 1 Roadshow, which the Tesla Science Foundation has agreed to take an active role in. And I'll tell you a little bit more about this great project on the other side of this break. You're not going to want to miss the info coming up about the Type 1 Roadshow. So we'll be right back folks. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, I was reading a couple of event announcements. I'll continue with that. I was telling people about the Type 1 Roadshow that's coming up toward the end of 2012. And uh, that is an event that is organized by Freeman Fly, uh, Freighter X, and many others. It's called the Type 1 Roadshow, and it's going to take the form of a traveling conference and interactive festival based on the concept of helping to move humanity toward a Type 1 civilization. If you're not familiar with that concept, uh, you can type into a search engine uh, civilization types or Type 1 civilization and read about what a Type 1 civilization is actually all about and what the hallmarks of such a civilization are. And that's what... Uh, friends of Freeman and other groups uh, who have come together are uh, basically going out on a traveling roadshow to promote these uh, ideas. And Tesla technology is a huge part of this because as we all know, uh, what the controllers of this world ultimately seek to control is energy. And uh, if we don't actually take the reins of the ability to use the abundant energy that nature provides, then uh, we're, we're basically living in a state of slavery anyway. So Tesla technology is a huge part of um, reclaiming our individual sovereignty. It's a huge part of getting out of the control-based slavery system in which humanity is living right now. And as such, the Tesla Science Foundation here in Philadelphia is going to be taking an active role in the Type 1 Roadshow. So uh, we're having a a meeting on Sunday November 20th 2011 at 1 p.m. at the Free Library of Philadelphia main branch which is at 19th and Vine here in Philly. And uh, I'll, again, I'll be giving a short presentation about the Type 1 Roadshow. And then what we're gonna be doing is having an interactive discussion about these ideas and finding out who in the Tesla Science Foundation resonates with this uh, opportunity, who resonates with this event coming up at the end of 2012, and wants to take an active role in participating in that event. Uh, the key thing here is that you do not have to be a member of the Tesla Science Foundation to come out to this meetup or to even wanna take a role in uh, this event so it is open to the public and people are welcome to come out and check out the presentation and get involved in the discussion that's again Sunday November 20th at 1 p.m. at the free library main branch 19th and vine in the fourth floor on the fourth floor which is the skyline room the last event announcement I have for you today is the free monthly documentary screening and discussion night that Truth, Freedom, Prosperity hosts uh, every month will be, happening this, um, will be happening the last Wednesday of the month, as it always does, November 30th, 2011 at 7.15 p.m. at Media Bureau Studios. Media Bureau is at the corner of 4th and Brown, 725 North 4th Street, the exact address here in Philadelphia. And uh, this month we will be screening the film Ungrip. Ungrip is a movie about individual sovereignty and actually getting off the grid and uh, becoming truly self-sustainable. So it should be a really uh, great night with uh, lots of uh, active and healthy discussion going on with the concepts that the uh, great documentary Ungrip brings to the forefront. So that is once again November 30th. Wednesday, November 30th at 7.15 p.m. at Media Bureau Studios. For more information, of course, check out truthfreedomprosperity.org. Okay, so let's get into our main topic for tonight. Before we do that, I want to give the call-in number for the show. People should feel free to call in at any time. I'll probably be taking some calls in the second hour of the show. So the call-in number is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number 866-841-1065. I want to direct everyone's attention up to my website, which is whatonearthishappening.com. There, as uh, is usually the case, you will find a series of images that go along with the concepts that will be presented on the show here today. You want to go to the radio show tab of the site and listed under the player, today there are 12 images. If you're following along with the podcast, uh, this will be podcast number 85, and uh, you can go to the podcast page for the images. So, 12 images there, and the first image shows what we're really trying to change, okay? This is an image of a movie theater with a movie playing on the screen, okay? And the movie that's on the screen shows the condition of the world. It shows sorcerer, a sorcerer behind an immense pyramidal structure. And the sorcerer is looking through the eye at the capstone of this pyramid, similar to the pyramid on the back of the $1 bill. And he's behind it, hidden, well-veiled. And he's pulling the strings of all of the people below in this structure. Okay? And all of the energy that this world has is flowing to the sorcerer. And he is actually breathing in that energy. He is consuming it by breathing it into himself. This is essentially a real quick allegor or meta- allegory or meta- metaphor for what this world actually is. It has become a farm of sorts, you could say. It has become, humanity has become slaves and feed for this subclass of people, if you even want to call them that, that have basically manipulated us into giving away our energy to them. And. There are now, at this time in history in which we live, many people who are beginning to recognize that this is the case. They, really, humanity, you could say, falls into three basic groups. And again, this is a generalization for the purposes of explaining a concept. Humanity falls into three groups. Okay, The people who are willing to sit in the chairs and let this continue unabated... Let this continue unchallenged, okay? Who don't have the will or the courage to do anything about it or who don't believe in themselves enough to think that they can do anything about it. So they're sitting there passively accepting the situation in passive acceptance, okay? And again, this is all about solutions. That's why I'm starting with this. The ba- we, we've already looked at the basic problem. We're looking at how, to, how do we enact a solution that will actually work. And the trivium is a big part of this. Three groups of people, one remains sitting in the chairs, okay, doesn't think they have the power to do anything, and so they don't try. The second group is the group of people that is represented by the image in this figure, who recognizes the problem and they are screaming and they are pounding they're pounding their fists up against the movie screen itself okay they think that they're going to affect change by rearranging the physical things and events keeping the actual overall structure the way it is not addressing anything at the causal level okay but trying to rearrange things putting bandages on things Staying within the same structure that got you there to begin with and thinking it'll magically change I'll tell you what the third group of people is all about on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Welcome back everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host Mark Passio. We're going to be getting into the trivium today on What on Earth is Happening. As a prelude to that, we were looking at some images posted to the whatonearthishappening.com radio show page underneath the player on the page. Image number one showing An angry man standing up in the middle of a movie theater, shouting and cursing and, you know, uh, angry at the movie that is being projected onto the screen. And as I said, we have three kinds of people, the people who may recognize the problem and sit passively by and allow it to continue unchallenged. They don't think that they have the ability to do anything about it and this is for the people who are even in the, in the theater seeing what's going on you know so there's a, you could say that there's a fourth group that doesn't even recognize any part of it and are completely unconscious but for the people who do recognize it you have people who are willing to sit there remain passive and ultimately do nothing the second group wants to shout and complain and try to rearrange things at the level of the movie okay they they think that they're going to affect change just by physically restructuring things within the present existing system. And that's magically going to change the movie that they're witnessing take, take place. The actual manifestation of events. They think they, they can solve the problem at the level of effects. At the level of manifestation. Which is, it's too late. It has already manifested. The third group of people recognize the law of cause and effect. And understand that if you're ever going to change the manifested result, you have to rise in consciousness to gain access to the plane of causality. The causal nature of the problem needs to be recognized and accepted. Then you can apply that knowledge of the causes of that effect to the solution. Only then can you act actually create a solution that will have any true effect in the plane of manifestation. The people who don't understand the causal factors are the people who are banging on the movie screen. The people who want to get to the causal factors address those problems from that level of awareness and then truly change the things that created the problem not the manifesting of the problem but the things that actually caused the imbalances to begin with are the people who are smart enough to realize that the only way you're ever going to change that movie is to get up walk to a deeper level which is where the projection room is okay climb up to a deeper level of awareness which is the projection room and then actually change what is being projected from the source onto the screen, which is the manifested result. I have brought a quote back from show one, show number one of what on earth is happening. I put this quote up there for people's consideration. It was from the book of, um, it was from the book known as "Transformation of America" by Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips. The book is essentially about. Trauma-based mind control and the occult rulership of this country and, in fact, the world. But some of the most interesting information in the book doesn't even come from Kathy O'Brien, the main writer. It comes from her co-author, Mark Phillips. And this is a great quote from Phillips who wrote the first section of the book. He said, For every problem, there exists a solution. The formula for problem-solving rests firmly on the quality of the supporting research information concerning the nature of the problem. So he's recognizing that you can't treat the symptoms. You have to go to the causal factors. You have to understand enough about the nature of the problem, the causal factors, And you come to that understanding by gathering information. By coming into knowledge of the nature of the problem. Then you can understand how things got that way. And in that understanding you are actually obtaining a very, very powerful force. That is the answer to the question why. If you don't have the why. Behind anything. You have no power to affect change. So I would invite people. In in image number three now. I am putting an image up from the movie The Matrix. The allegorical trilogy The Matrix. And this is my favorite character. In this allegorical trilogy. Not because he's the villain. One of the villains I should say. Okay, And he's set against... ...are the, hero of, the heroes of the movie, okay? You know, I'm not in the habit of rooting for the villains. That's not why I like this guy. I like this guy because he tells people the truth. He is telling people in the second Matrix movie, okay? Which uh, I posted this scene back in podcast number 82, okay? With the podcast, you can go on the podcast archive and watch the scene... Where Neo meets this character in The Matrix 2, Matrix Reloaded. And that scene is so telling, okay, because this guy represents the controlling bloodlines, he represents the controlling occultists of the world. And he has one of the people who the heroes need. But they don't understand why they need him. They've just been told, this is who you need, go get him. And this guy has him, the Merovingian. Again, allegorical, Merovingian has to do with the ancient Merovingian bloodline. However, when they meet with him, he tells them, because they don't really understand why they have come to this situation, they don't understand why they need this character called the Keymaker, they don't understand why. What the causal factors of their current situation are that they have come to him with no power and therefore he sees no reason why he should cooperate with them. He does tell them one small lie however he tells them that we are forever victims to causality. That's his poison pill in the enormous truth that he gives them and that is not necessarily the case. We do not have to be victims of causality in the understanding of how the law of cause and effect works. We can come to a level of mastery of ourselves and in our free will decisions which is what I wholeheartedly agree with Morpheus in this scene. He says everything begins with choice the Merovingian tries to convince him that that's not the case but that is the case. Morpheus is correct in that, ladies and gentlemen. See, that's what the occultist wants people to think, is that your choices, that you don't have free will about how you will conduct yourself and how things will actually then play out as a result of how you conduct yourself. What you don't have free will to do is completely act in total violation of natural law and expect no consequences that free will does not exist but we do have free will to the extent that if we understand the law of cause and effect and how we have a choice whether to operate within the parameters of moral law or to whether or whether to completely ignore those laws which creation itself has put into effect and which we are bound by we will severely hinder the quality of our experience here, if we flaunt those laws, okay, and therefore we will create self-inflicted suffering. But ultimately, ultimately, that is a decision that is based in choice, in free will. So what does the trivium have to do with this? We'll talk about that on the other side. This is What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back everyone. This is What on Earth Is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website What on Earth is happening.com. So, to understand how the trivium fits in with the law of cause and effect, and getting to the underlying causality, the causal factors, the nature of the problem. So that we can reverse it from there. What we have to understand is essentially what the trivium is. The trivium is a pathway to truth, it is the methodology for knowing how to learn or know anything, how to determine the veracity of information. How to weed through falsehoods and eliminate those impurities so we don't take them in as mental food. That's essentially what the trivium is. Then, based on that accurate information, we can come to understand meaning in things. We could answer the question why. And then, in answering that question why, we become empowered to act. To actually create true, positive, and lasting change in our lives. This is the way that we can improve ourselves. And ultimately it has to do with the improvement of the mind. The trivium is intricately and inextricably interwoven with the human psyche. And our ability to improve the quality of our mental, psychological, and spiritual well-being. So let's first, of course, look at the word. Okay, because everything starts with that vibratory energy of the word. Why is this the word for this methodology? And there's a very deep reason it's named what it is called, trivium. Trivium comes from the Latin language. And before before we do this, let's just... Um, Talk about the origin of the trivium, okay? People will trace its origin back to medieval times. They'll trace it back further to ancient Rome, even further to ancient Greece. Some people will go so far as to trace it back to ancient Egypt. The trivium comes out of some of the most ancient mystery school traditions in human antiquity. I would say it, goes, it predates ancient Egypt, In small pockets, humanity has known and used this technique, this methodology, for discovering truth about anything since time immemorial. So I would say its origin is actually lost to antiquity. We don't know how old the Trivium method actually is. Although some people will claim it's from different periods in human history, and that's fine. I would be of the opinion that it is actually much older than anything that anyone has stated on record. And it goes right back to the dawn of civilization on this planet. So, the word Trivium. We're looking at slide number four on the What on Earth is Happening radio show page now. The word Trivium comes from the Latin language. Okay, it's English equivalency is derived from Latin. The Latin word tres or tria, okay, means three, the number three, okay, and you can see that root in so many different things. Trinary, the word three itself is derived from tres, tria, okay, and then the second part of trivium is via, okay, via, vi in Latin, Via in Latin means a way, a path, or a road. Okay, so we also use the term way to describe a method. That's the way to do something. Okay, it also means you start at one location and then you travel to a destination. That's what a path is for. It connects to places. So what we want to connect is where we're at now in the human condition and we want to actually travel to the truth. We want to get to the underlying causes, the true underlying causes of our current condition so that we can become empowered to change it. So what trivium really means is the three paths. The three roads or the three ways. You could look at it as the three methods. Okay? I've named it here the threefold path to the truth. On this image, the threefold path to truth. As we've seen, three is a sacred number in just about every ancient mystical tradition. Thought, emotion, and action. As we saw, is the real Trinity within us. In many ancient religions, up into the modern day, we see this um, thread throughout time of a Trinity representing something deeper. You know, whether it's called the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, whether it's the Sun, the Moon, and the stars and planets, or whether it's Thought, emotion, and action. This concept of threefold, we have three brains the reptile, the mammal, and the human, the triune brain, which we've talked about so much. The concept of the three in one, okay, the one overarching methodology that is capable of helping us to learn how to know anything. To weed through falsehoods, to come to truth. It's ultimately three methods which all bring us to the same place at the center, which represents the truth. Okay? So, the trivium itself is actually part of a larger threefold method or a threefold path. And I put that on image number five, slide number five. The trivium works in conjunction with something known as the quadrivium. The quadrivium, which means four methods or four paths, four roads, okay? These ultimately form the sacred number seven as you could see readily. Three plus four is seven, another sacred number Seven gods of the ancient world, the seven chakras, okay? The seven steps on the ladder to God, the tree of life, levels on that path, on that symbol. So the quadrivium, or the fourfold path, is the quantification methods that are used in conjunction with the trivium. These are the the sciences of a measurement. Numbers play a huge role in the quadrivium. And we'll be talking more about the quadrivium next week. That'll be the topic for discussion next week. We'll look into the quadrivium. Okay. We're also going to have some guests coming up that are going to talk about the trivium and quadrivium. And I'll be mentioning that probably next week on the show. Awaiting confirmation. So the trivium and the quadrivium work in conjunction. They both work in conjunction with our five senses. Okay? The five senses are the bridge between these two sciences. These two methodologies, ancient methodologies. These are the two methods... ...that help our five senses come into harmony with truth. That's what needs to be understood. We are using these as methodologies to bring our awareness through our senses... ...to bring our awareness into harmony with truth. So perception is not reality. It can waver widely off from what reality actually is, from what the truth is. The truth is just that which is. And again this brings us to the point where I have to talk about the idea concept of what I mean by the word truth and people argue constantly about this you have this solipsistic thread that people are still hooked on solipsism and I said from day one this show would not be for everyone and many people will reject it out of hand from just show one it would not even go any further than that and there are people to this day who still email me and talk about The concepts I brought up in early shows about solipsism and are in complete disagreement. Oh, there is no actual such thing as truth. We can't actually know what the truth is. Well, that's where you, you set foot off the journey from the very beginning. You were never on the path. Because if you don't believe that there is any such thing as truth, you will never discover it. You have to believe that you can learn the truth first and foremost... You have to have that hunger, that desire within you. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Jumping right back into the trivia, how it connects with our five senses. And how it is a threefold pathway to truth. And the idea that people don't believe that there is any such thing as actual truth, that we cannot come to know what truth is. And nobody is talking about here knowing the totality of the mind of God. That's not what I'm talking about when I use the word truth. I'm talking about events which have actually occurred learning about what is taking place which is why I call the show call the show what on earth is happening to know about what is happening what is taking place in our reality in the realm in which we exist and operate you, if you want to get into other dimensions of existence and you know new age ideas like that fine I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm not talking about knowing the totality of every dimension and every timeline and every planet that exists in, in the universe. I'm talking about the here and now. Being here and being in the present moment and knowing what's going on around you. That truth. That truth. And it's knowable. It is knowable through the study of the past. It is knowable Through taking in information and properly gathering and processing and using it. That is possible. So if you're a solipsist, the show was not for you on day one and certainly at this point will not be for you. That is something that I call the biggest lie and if people buy into that one, they'll buy into any lie. That's what the dark force wants people thinking at all times. I talked about it as to Satanists it is the biggest sin because they want to propagate solipsism to everybody but them. So therefore they can get everyone else to believe that there is no truth, but they know what the truth is. See, to them, for them, solipsism is a sin. That's something... That a dark occultist should not engage in, should frown upon, but it is something that he should attempt to sell to the dead, as they call people, who believe in this concept of solipsism, this ideology. Once again, we're talking about perception as not being reality, but it could come into harmony with reality. We're not perceiving at all times what the actual reality is. We have filters on, okay, that veil us from an accurate perception of reality. The idea of the trivium is to attempt to, it's a methodology for removing those filters to be able to see the truth as it actually is, readily accept it, and then do something about it, do something with it. Get involved. Step into the slipstream of active co-creation. So when we look at what the Trivium is and we take a look at how it has, I guess you could say evolved or how it has been interpreted through time. There are three general interpretations or overall ways of looking at what the trivium is. Okay, and I've called these in slide number six the classical interpretation, the esoteric interpretation, and the modern interpretation of the trivium methodology. Okay? Because again, this information on how to Acquire knowledge, understand it, and then do something with it. it has been with us again since time immemorial. So there have been different ways of looking at this system. The classical method is probably the one that most people are fam- f- most familiar with in the words that are used to describe this threefold process or method. And again, the order of the steps are all important. They matter. That's why I put numbers here on this chart. You can't take them out of order. You take them out of order, you destroy the entire methodology. And it will not work for you or anyone else. And that's why some dark occultists have attempted to reverse this process, to take some of them out of order and exchange, interchange them. And that, you can't do that. Okay, that's like, you know, trying to eat your sandwich before you make it. You have to make the sandwich first, then you could eat it. Okay, so the first step in the classical interpretation of the trivium is known as grammar. And we'll get to what these represent in a moment. The second step is logic and the third is rhetoric. So, in the classical interpretation, you will hear the trivium referred to as grammar, logic, and rhetoric in that order. Okay? In the esoteric interpretation, which is the one I generally, um, I, I don't even want to use the word use. I mean, you're using the same method regardless of how you look at it. I look at the trivium as this form, as knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge corresponding to the first step or grammar in the classical tradition, understanding corresponding to logic or the second step, the intermediary step, and then wisdom corresponding to rhetoric, the third and final step. There is also a modern interpretation of the trivium method, and this is the one I'm probably going to spend the most time explaining because you can use a very um, accurate metaphor for it in real world terms that people will readily understand. We're going to look a little bit into the esoteric uh, modality, I guess you could call it. But I'm going to focus on explaining the trivium today through the modern interpretation. And this is input, processing, and output. Input, corresponding to grammar or knowledge. Processing, corresponding to step two or logic and understanding okay and output is the third and final step corresponding to rhetoric or what has been called wisdom in the esoteric sense and this as you will see all has to do with information the input of information the processing of information and then the subsequent output of information in that order so these are the three ways that the trivium could be looked at Can be interpreted, you know, can be um, uh, seen as modalities or methodologies. Okay? I want to show people how this knowledge is quite ancient because we've looked at the esoteric tradition of the Kabbalah in the past on this show. We did several shows on Kabbalah, and we saw that its main symbol, which I've already alluded to today, was the tree of life. With its seven levels, its 22 paths, its 10 uh, sephirot or emanations. And we've broken these down in the past to help people understand the correspondences. What we have to understand is that at just about the highest level of the Kabbalistic tree of life, as this symbol is known, we have the three methods of the trivium corresponding to the trivium. See when you when you climb this tree or this ladder to God as it is known in the kabbalistic tradition as we've already looked into on past shows you follow this path that I've outlined here in red on image number 7. We're looking at image number 7 now. And this path okay follows up from the bottom from Malkuth which is which is um Sefirah number 10, okay? Up through Yesod to Hod to Netzah. So if you look at the numbers, we're going backwards from 10 to 9 to 8 to 7, okay? Then through Tiferet in the middle to 6, and then uh, Geburah at 5, and then we're back to the right side at 4, okay? The sphere of Hesed. Okay, now from that point, we are going to pass through three other spheres, okay? One of them is not considered an actual sephira or an emanation. It is considered, I guess you could call it the source. You could call it the thing from which the tree of life springs, from which it grows. It is known as da'at, okay? Da'at is knowledge, the hidden emanation, okay? And this is the first step of the trivium method we then ascend to binah which is understanding the second step esoterically and finally to hokmah wisdom we'll pick this up on the other side you're listening to what on earth is happening Welcome back, everyone. We're into the second hour already of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm going to give the call-in number again because I'm going to try to wrap up in this segment the uh, esoteric aspect of the Trivium as cor- as it corresponds to the uh, Kabbalistic Tree of Life. And um, then uh, I'll be looking in this hour at the modern interpretation of the Trivium and explaining uh, the method of information, input, processing, and output, which is essentially what the Trivium is. So the call-in number, uh, after that, we'll take calls for the remainder of the show. So uh, the call-in number is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, 866-841-1065. have a couple of callers lined up in the queue, so feel free to call in and get in the queue yourself. If you have any questions, comments, or uh, anything else that you want to bring up on the show here today. Uh, And we we are limiting this uh, to the trivium. We want to talk about the trivium today. Again, we have a specific topic for today. We're talking about the trivium. So callers in the queue, let's uh, keep it on on topic and uh, on focus. So here we go. We were looking at, before this uh, last break, the esoteric interpretation of the trivium as knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Okay, so knowledge we've seen is the the sphere of dot that lies behind the tree of life, from which the tree of life grows. Okay, um, the idea that uh, this word is connected in uh, the, its actual sound with the English word dot is not insignificant. Okay, uh, a dot is a point, a singularity. It's one thing, okay, from which everything springs, okay? It is a period, and this word is per-yod, per-yod, okay? Through the yod, the yod character in Hebrew, as we've already seen, represents, means hand, and it represents fire, the fire of creation, The hand of God, the hand of the creator, which fashions everything, from which everything springs. So, this isn't an insignificant wordplay coincidence. I would suggest that it's not even a coincidence. Okay. But as we're going to the highest rung, we're ascending to the highest rung on the tree of life. Okay. The one that uh, lies just underneath Keter, the crown, unity consciousness. We are passing through. From the sphere of mercy, has said through Da'at knowledge, okay, to understanding, which is sphere number three, Sephirah three, which is Bina, which means understanding, then to the one that is closest to the crown, to Keter, which is wisdom, Hokmah. Again, these three paths themselves, you'll notice that there is one um, sphere. On each of the paths of the Kabbalistic tree, we start out at the middle one, then go to, uh, which is the the path of mildness or will, then we go to the path of the left hand path, which is the path of severity, and then over to the right hand path, the path of mercy, which then gets us up to that uh, very top sephirah, which represents unity, consciousness, or uh, non duality. And this is the path that can get us there from knowledge to understanding to wisdom in that order. And I can't stress that enough. Order plays a role in this. It is what leads ultimately to order is following this order or this path, this threefold path known as the trivia, which is. Represented so beautifully here in the Kabbalistic tree and I would suggest that this tradition probably predates the Trivium and that's where the Trivium has grown out of so we'll continue with this on the other side stay with us folks you're listening to What on Earth is Happening They'll never be able to stop a group of people who actually possess the answer to the question why. That is what the Trivium can actually help us gain, because without why, there is no power, and things will remain just as they are, and probably even spiral into a worse condition. Until we identify the real causal factors, that's where the problem-solving ability lies. So, we were looking at the esoteric aspects of the Trivium and where this tradition may have derived from. Again, this is ancient Kabbalistic knowledge. This is the ancient knowledge of all esoteric mystery school traditions. You can see that in Freemasonry, the Trivium and Quadrivium are made reference to quite extensively in any good Masonic works. And if they're true esoteric works of Freemasonry, they will not be taken out of order as well, which you will often see this horrendous mistake being made in certain Freemasonic uh, schools. If it is not a deliberate deception to do so. The the other thing is, you have to understand that the Trivium also represents, just like the Kabbalistic tree, here we're showing the uh, three steps of it represented in the three spheres that you arrive at on the path upward uh, up the tree uh, before you arrive at unity consciousness represented by Keter, non duality, the total unification of one's thoughts, emotions, and actions. This this corresponds directly to the Freemasonic pillars that are depicted in the first degree tracing board as well. Okay, so coming up out of the dark of the dark pillar is coming into knowledge. Okay, then um, understanding. Okay, bridging knowledge and action before you're taking actual action using the male principle, you have to fill yourself up. The desire has to be there of the lunar pillar, and you're filling yourself with information. Then you're processing it. You're coming to awareness represented by the middle pillar, the all-seeing eye. Then you're putting it into action. You're actually ascending upward, and that's the, the stepwise process of the ladder starts at the right Uh, pillar moves to the left in that tracing board. And you can go back onto the Freemasonry shows and take a look at that and see how that correspondence fits in perfectly with the Trivium Method as well. Knowledge, understanding and wisdom. The first three degrees of Freemasonry are all about this, ladies and gentlemen. The Entered Apprentice degree of Freemasonry is about taking off your blinders and the fact that you have to be led to knowledge with an open mind, okay, you you have to be practically dragged to it because you've been resistant to it and you've been hoodwinked, but now the blinders are coming off and you're letting some light in the degree, the rituals of the first degree, entered apprentice, So this is coming into knowledge. The second degree is about the spiral staircase going into the temple of knowledge itself. Processing information, actual learning taking place. And it's a spiral staircase that you have to follow. You don't know what the actual outcome is yet. You have to get to the top for that vista to open up and the whole picture be revealed. On the way up, you don't actually see it. You're still doing that upward ascension that is often looks like it's a a circle or a spiraling process, but you're actually spiraling upward. And then you've arrived at the top of that spiral staircase, which means you have understanding in hand. You understand causal factors. You have the answer to the question, why? Now you're empowered. And the third degree or master mason is mastery over oneself coming into unison between your thoughts and emotions and your actions such that your actions don't betray what you know and how you feel. And then its symbol is the trowel, this degree. And you're using it to actually spread what you have come into possession of. Which is actual wisdom. That's what the act of wisdom is all about. Putting it out there. So that others may partake of the same thing you have. Knowledge and understanding. Are not yours exclusively. They don't belong to you. These are states you may have reached. But then you have a responsibility. To put that into action. Which is the rhetoric stage. We're going to get to this in detail. I'm going to go through. Again. That's all I really want to say about how the correspondences with esoteric traditions fit in with the Trivium. You can clearly see it if you've been able to follow what I just went through as far as Kabbalah and Freemasonry is concerned. But what I really want to do in this hour is talk about the modern method of the Trivium, the modern interpretation which is information input, processing, and output. And this one again The modern student can readily understand these terms because we use them all the time, every day, and most people out there listening are probably using some form of a computer, a device which does just this. And regardless of how much people want to ignore this or make pretend that it isn't true, essentially, that's what everything is here, folks. It's a big computer, we're in a, we're in a holo, holodeck. We're in a holographic simulation of sorts so that consciousness can have experience. This is all a huge computer program at the highest level. At the most unified fundamental level, that's what consciousness is. It's something that creates scenarios that we can feel as and perceive as real enough such that we can acquire experience. Because again, in the absence of something which the pure consciousness is not, it can never know itself. It can never come to know anything. So this illusory realm has to be created in order to acquire experience and knowledge of itself, of the the all itself. And that's why we're in this holodeck to have an experience in the physical domain. So... This is like a computer. It operates like a computer. We operate like a computer essentially. And I, I'm qualifying this with the term essentially. It doesn't mean we are a computer. It doesn't mean that there's no part of us other than the computing aspect of us. I'm saying essentially we operate like a computer. Okay, We take in information. Based on our perceptions, based in things other people have told us, based on direct experiences, we then process that information to develop it into a worldview or an understanding of how things actually work and then we act, our behaviors are based upon that input of information and that processing of information. So we're going to look at this closely on the other side and we'll talk about examples of what if the input is bad. What if the gathering process is bad? What if the processing itself is bad? What happens to the output? Pick this up on the other side. This is What on Earth is Happening, here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's jump right back into our study of the trivia and how it can actually help us to uncover the hidden truths of our world so that we can actually start taking action once we understand the causal factors that got us to this dark place that we are collectively at. So in image number eight on the radio show page of happening.com or with this podcast, you'll see that I put the modern interpretation you could call it of the Trivium process or method and listed it as input processing and output which we're going to continue to talk about. And underneath that I put what this is all all equates to, what it's all actually about. The trivium is ultimately about the input, processing and output of information, which is ultimately what everything is. Everything is a form of information and energy. What if we look at the word information? Okay, it's The word form is the root of this word, form, okay? And in order to form a different reality, a different way that things actually manifest themselves, this is the method that we have to employ, proper information input, proper information processing, and proper information output. And ultimately where that is all done is within ourselves. That's why it's in formation. If we break it down further, we can say in form at I on. Or in other words, to turn, and this is again green language. People will doubt and dismiss this even though there's hundreds of examples throughout the English language where words, just by breaking them apart into their phonetic, not their um, actual Um, necessary meaning but into their phonetic um, components, we can understand what a word is actually saying to us. The actual vibratory energy of the word is a language unto itself that often encodes deeper meaning. We've looked at the term um, money in this respect being the one I. Okay? Which they want to sell to people as an illusion of the, uh, the real thing, as a, um, a proxy for the real one eye inside of us. And information is saying in form at eye on, meaning to turn the one eye on, okay, to actually turn on the all seeing eye within us, we have to inwardly form ourselves. Through this process, we are creating ourselves. We are creating the essence of who we are by what kind of information we take in, by how we process it, accurately or inaccurately, and then by what we actually do based upon those two previous parts of this triune method. The output. Is ultimately what is really defining who we are. Because the input and processing is determining our worldview. And then the output is determining our behavior. And how we treat other people. And how we act toward others. The way that we are in this world. How we exist. Our being in the world is ultimately a function of the output. So, And that is a function of how accurately we gathered and processed the information that is all around us. Some people do it very effectively and therefore their output can be toward higher levels of order and greater success and prosperity and a lack of suffering in their lives. And some people, when they fail at this entire process, they go into deeper and deeper and deeper chains. And more and more suffering. And that's the place that we've come to as a society. Through our inability to follow this methodology. Because this methodology has been occulted. The occultists of this world do not want people to understand the trivium. It's one of the last things they ever want you looking into. They want to keep this information deeply hidden or occulted. Because if you truly learn how to think and come to accurate analysis of the information that is around us, you are then empowered to change it. And that's the last thing they want happening because they want to stay in the position of power that they have gained through this differential in knowledge by keeping the method for learning from their slaves. That's why the trivium is a completely, uh, uh, it's a topic that has been essentially removed from human consumption for the most part. Most people have never heard the word. They don't understand what the trivium is at all. They have never heard it and they know nothing about it. Just try to find out, just do an experiment and ask people around you if they know what the trivium is and, and can explain it to you. Hardly anyone can. And there's a reason for that. So let's look at the trivium, the modern uh, interpretation of it as information, input, processing, and output. And we will recognize this as the three steps that any computer performs. Okay? Because essentially, the brain acts like a human computer, a biological computer. Image 9 shows an image of a computer system. Okay, And we can see that it has input devices, pro- a processing device, and an output device, and output devices, okay? So the input device, or devices, I should say, shown here by the light blue arrows, okay, is the keyboard and mouse. These are known as input devices. Go on any computer store, and you'll find mice and keyboards under input devices, okay? Another type of input device might be a scanner, an externally connected hard drive, used for storage, the internet itself is a form of an input device in the modern world because that's someplace we can take information into the computer through our internet connection. Okay, so these are ways of inputting information into a computer. The hard drive stores it. Okay, that's like the memory capacity of the brain. All right, then it is processed and that's what determines how good a computer basically is. This all-important step two, you know, to put information into a computer is one thing, but the all-important step is the third part, uh, the second part and the third part. But the second part is critical, critically important because if your computer doesn't have processing power, you can't do anything with any information. It doesn't matter how much you gather. And if it can't accurately process the information, it'll just spit garbage in the output phase, Your computer is only as good as its processor and the processor's ability to accurately handle the information you are throwing at it. So this is the problem with the people of this planet. They basically have damaged internal processing units, central processing units. The CPU of the computer is often called the brain of the computer. So this is what we are using our brain to do. Input information, process it in the brain, and then output it, which actually determines our behavior. And as you know with any computer, if junk goes in through the input, okay, only junk can come through the output. Junk in, junk out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. It's a simple equation. Too bad more people haven't simply thought about it on these terms. They try to overcomplicate things. We'll keep looking at the modern method of the trivial input, processing, and output. When we come back, don't go anywhere, folks. Looking for great. we back everyone, looking at the Trivium, from the modern interpretation, from the modern viewpoint, on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Image 9 showed an image of a generic computer system. Um, this is not my particular computer system, uh, it's just an image I found of a computer system online. And... Um, it shows the input devices, the processing unit and then the output devices being the screen and the printer. These are ways of sharing information. Looking at the data on screen, you could share it with someone else. Uh, you could print it out on your printer. Okay. Uh, the internet is also an output device because you could take information that you have processed and then send it back up to the internet. So the in- internet acts as both an input and an output device in the modern world. And that's why it is so useful for really coming uh, to uh, this knowledge and understanding. So let's look at what ultimately the Trivium is step by step. In image number 10, we see the three steps of the Trivium. Again, in the modern format, input, processing, and output in that order, listed as steps 1, 2, and 3. I've put the other names in the classical and esoteric systems underneath them. So input is also grammar or knowledge. Okay? It's the building blocks of data that we're working with. Okay, So we are gathering these building blocks. Gathering the raw data from an eclectic array of sources. Eclectic means widely varied. Okay, You have to take it all in. As much as you can anyway. And do this without prejudging the information. So this could be considered the right-brained modality within the trivium. It's having that open-mindedness, that receptiveness that is so powerful in the right brain, okay? Because we need to have an open mind and take in data without judging it with the analytical mind. First and foremost, that's the first step. Toward acquiring knowledge and understanding. The input, once we have acquired it, will help us to answer the questions, who, what, when, and where. This is our raw data set. Okay, so this is fairly easy to follow. This is what we do with a computer, and this is ultimately what we do with our brain. Okay, the input. Gathering data from an eclectic array of sources without prejudging it in order to answer the questions, who, what, when, and where. The raw data. We're taking in the raw data without judging it. Okay? Step number two is the processing, and this is all important. Now, before we get to step two, let me say why people never usually make it to step two. Most People on the earth don't make it to step two in any form of, in any way that resembles any accurate information processing at all. It's because there is so much of the building blocks, the grammar, the words, the raw data set, the knowledge itself. We are drowning in a sea of knowledge, in a sea of grammar, in a sea of these building blocks of information. There is so much in the world. Because there are so many people and so much has been created and written and and, uh, put out there in different forms of media. Most people are so daunted by the task of even doing the input at all because it takes work and time. And they're even more daunted by the first sub-step of part two, which we're going to get to in a moment, the filtration system of the weeding out process of information which isn't viable or isn't necessary or is just patently false and, you know, is put out there as distraction or disinformation or actually has nothing to do with the solving of the problem that we really want to solve by even taking data in. It's irrelevant data. There's so much trash data in the system, okay? Useless files, so to speak, on the computer, that people don't want to weed through it to, go to like a needle in a haystack to get down to what they really need. So most people don't even go th- through step one because they say, oh, it, it, the truth is such a needle in a haystack, we'll never find it. Some people believe there is no such thing as truth, which we've already talked about this dangerous and false ideology of solipsism. So part two, processing, which is also logic Okay, in the classical interpretation and understanding in the esoteric sense, processing is comprised of 3 substeps, And I've identified these as filtration, correlation, and analysis of data. So first the data has to be filtered. So now, now this is what the processor of the computer is doing. Once the information has been gathered, which is step one, data gathering. Then we can filter it and say this is irrelevant data. This does not have to do with what we are trying to get to. It's maybe a distraction, a form of disinformation. We could apply different techniques to do that. Okay, fallacy uh, understanding techniques to understand logical fallacies. Okay, so this filtration system you could look at as the antivirus. Or the malware protector that is installed in a computer to make sure in the gathering process, in the the part where it uh, comes into the computer through input, that viruses don't get in to the mix. Okay, So that would be filtration. And that's a huge task in the modern world because there is so much false information out there. So we have to have our virus guards installed properly within ourselves. So, that information which will make us sick doesn't get taken in as mental food. Okay? The second part of the processing is correlation. This is how to group information and see the connections between seemingly disparate sources of information or chunks of information. It is data assembly. Okay? That's what this part of the processing is aspect of the trivium is all about. Finally, there is analysis that is actually going through the data to understand how it is of relevance and how it does connect with the thing that we are trying to get to or understand. That's what the whole process of understanding is about. Data analysis. Accurate data analysis. The processor has to be able to compute properly. And again, this ties in with With health, because if the central computer of ourselves is our brain, okay, it's the thing that helps us to process information, we have to be in good health. The five senses have to be sharp, sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch, to be able to accurately bring in data from the external world around us, the seemingly external world around us, okay? So food fits into this in a huge way, in being able to do this process, Okay, the form, getting out of the forms of mind control that we're under through this process of filtration is a huge part of the process. The, da- the data filter or the virus protection. Okay, so this is where the quadrivium comes in in a big way in the, in the processing stage. Okay, because this is the methods that help us to properly quantify our data sets. All right. Th- these, are, these four methodologies are arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. In that order, once again, the order is critical to know and to keep in mind and to observe. So these are four quantification methods which go hand in hand with the trivium method and the five senses. We're going to talk about the quadrivium next week. We're going to have guests on that are going to give their understanding of, of the Trivium and how it works to expand on what I've laid out here and we will be laying out next week. So we'll be looking at this topic for several weeks, probably four or five weeks, okay? And, and we're just coming off natural law, which we covered for like 10 weeks or so. So the, the, these are two of the biggest parts of the solution, the understanding of natural law and the application of the Trivium method. All right. So, what does the step two or processing part of the trivium help us to be able to do? Simply put, it helps us to learn the why behind anything. What that character in the Matrix talked about as the source of power. We have to know why things are the way that they are. Get down to the causal factors. The causal realm is where problems are addressed, are identified, addressed, and ultimately solved from. Never from the realm of manifestation that is putting bandages on self-inflicted wounds and never addressing the underlying psychological reasons that those wounds are being inflicted in the first place. So the question why answers what is the reason, the meaning or the purpose of something? I can't encourage people enough to go back and check out that video from podcast number 82, Neo Meets the Merovingian. The why is what we have to get to. That is understanding. And that is where power lies. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words. Okay, we are back last segment for this edition of what on earth is happening here today where the time flies. Time really flies when you are trying to explain some of the most deeply occulted information that has been held back from the people of a planet in order to turn them into slaves I'll tell you that. So let's wrap up these last three slides and then go to the phones and uh, I apologize for taking so long to get to the phones. I will make it up to you guys. I'm going to get to some calls before this segment is out, but I'll make it up to you. We'll do a whole call-in show about the trivia. Maybe that's how we'll handle it in the solutions section. For every solution, we'll do a call, a whole call-in show about that particular solution. I think that'd be a, a nice uh, practice to start. Okay, so because uh, I don't want to totally, you know, ignore callers and. Uh, you know, just uh, keep putting putting that off. So let's see how this segment goes, and we'll hopefully get to some calls before the end of the show. So we looked at input and processing steps one and two. Step three here on slide number ten is output, which is also rhetoric or wisdom. And I have uh, explained this by calling it speech and action that is based upon the knowledge that one has gathered and understands. Speech and action based upon knowledge that one has gathered and also understands. So you have the raw data okay, and you have an accurate understanding of that data set. You have weeded out the impurities and you have come to an understanding of what it means or its purpose. Therefore, you can now speak and act. Based upon that knowledge and understanding. So this all has to do with affecting the world around us through our speech and action. Okay, that's why it's the third step. It is related to spreading or helping to propagate knowledge and understanding which is the this is probably as important if not more important than the other two steps because if you don't put it back out there how is anybody else going to come to that awareness and understanding we we have to create sort of a feedback loop of this system where we keep putting information back into the system until it becomes common sense and second nature and readily understandable by people and that's where we've gone wrong the world is largely silent when it comes to matters of truth. People are too afraid of what people will think of them or how it will inconvenience, <clears throat> how it will inconvenience their lives from a selfish point of view. So ultimately the output phase is the how behind it all. The, and how simply means the method by which something is accomplished. Because that's what we're looking for. The method to do something. The method to free the mind. And that's what the trivium is. The trivium is how knowledge and understanding are propagated. So that real and positive change can be created. This is the third step. The output. Wisdom. The, the acquisition of wisdom is coming to know how knowledge and understanding can be applied and propagated so that real, true, positive change can come about. Or in other words, how to create the solution to any given problem that may be presenting itself. That is what we can do with the Trivium and why it is one of the most important solutions-based approaches that we can take to the current human condition. Now, one thing I want to say before we get to the phones is in slide number 11, I'm talking about direction and how this relates to the trivium because the trivium is three ways, three methods, or three roads that they converge. They converge on the truth. And I want to, in almost a harsh and caustic way, attempt to obviate a new age concept, a new age idea, an ideology in the new age movement. that, And people who consider themselves teachers have said this, and I wholeheartedly, resoundingly reject it. They've said that you should never ever use the words you should to anyone. And you know what this is? This is utter new age bunk is what it is. This is pure right-brained imbalance. See, we talked about the first step right of right-brained input being open and receptive. The left brain aspect is the processing a- aspect. And then the output method is a holistic brain process in which you can't be too forgiving and you can't be too left-brained and violent with it, okay? You have to walk a balance. To say you should never use the words you should is to deny that you yourself have come to any kind of knowledge or understanding about anything. And I think that's lying to yourself if indeed you have come to knowledge and understanding about something. See, if you know how a person should get from one place to another, if they're coming and saying... This is where I want to go, and I know I'm not there. And people, you could say, oh, they don't ask. Everybody is asking how to really get to the place where they don't suffer. Because there is not one person that will go up to you and say, I want to suffer. No one. If somebody actually came up and convincingly, and I, they could get me to a point where I could believe that they genuinely want to suffer... Then I would say, that's on you, that's your free will decision, and you don't need to know any of this. Just go right on ahead with what you're doing. But no one makes that claim. Everybody makes the claim, I want to be free. I want to have the things that I desire. I want not to suffer. I don't want to be in suffering. Therefore, they're asking, how do I get to a place, whether they consciously or physically ask it or not, that's what the people of this world are asking. Even if it's a silent form of a question. They're saying, do you know how to get there? And if the answer is yes, I do know how to get there, then you should have no qualms about using the words you should. No more than if someone came up to you and said, how do I get to the intersection of this road and this road? And you have been there many times and you know exactly how to get there from where they're standing or from where their car is at. And you say yes, if it is true that you want to get there, you should travel in this direction, maybe turn at this intersection, travel in this direction some more and then you will arrive at your destination that you stated you want to be at and you're not there right now. So this new age idea of that you should never use this phrase you should because you're dancing around other people's ego, I wholeheartedly and resoundingly reject it and so should you. So I'll end that point on that note. And I'll end this whole uh, section on the Trivium with saying, with a quote from the great teacher Terence McKenna, who talked about grammar, who talked about information that surrounds us and that we inwardly form ourselves with. McKenna was a wordsmith like no other. And one of his statements was that the world is made of words. And if you know the words... That the world is made of, you can make of it whatever you wish. Think about that in relation to the trivium, the knowledge, the grammar, the words. Taking it in, processing it accurately, then outputting it in a way that can help us to affect true, lasting change and put the solution into practice through wisdom. Terence McKenna never fails to amaze me. Let's take it out with a call. Here we go. Mike in New York. You're live on what on earth is happening. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, great show. And uh, I'd like to state that um, uh, what Terrence McKenna was saying, that the world, uh, the world is made of words. Uh, in the Bible, it, it states that God spoke everything into existence. Um, when you when you're saying the people don't get past step two it's usually because <clears throat> they, they come to a realization that maybe they have to face the fact that everything that they've learned or everything that they've thought is now obsolete and they would have, I think that scares them more than anything and turns them away uh, by doing that you're denying yourself uh, into existence what, you, what you're desiring causing chaos within one's life Absolutely correct, Mike. Uh, Always a pleasure to bring you on as a caller because you always bring up such uh, phenomenal points in a a clear and concise way. So, a great way to end the show. That's all we have time for. Thank you. We'll be back next week on What on Earth is Happening when we'll cover the Quadrivium. Stick around, folks. Chris Everard is up next. The Oracle broadcast.